get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michelle Smallman taking uh, up until Christmas off. Dan McLaughlin, the voice of the Cardinals, with Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And Mark Schleba, who covers college football for ESPN.com, kind enough to take a few minutes with us. Mark, how are you doing this morning? Guys, good. How are you? Everything's great. Hey, we want to start with this because everybody, as you might imagine, in Missouri is fired up about Eli Drinkwitz and where the Mizzou football program is headed. Where do you think they're headed in terms of a bowl game? Um, I believe right now I've got them in the Outback Bowl playing um, Iowa. Um, And that's assuming that Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, and Alabama all get into the college football playoff and New Year's Six Bowls, which I think is a pretty good possibility. I think the only way that could be affected is if if, if uh, Alabama steamrolls Florida and Florida drops out of the top 12. But as we saw in the rankings last night, the, the committee, selection committee, still got a lot of respect for Florida, only dropping them one spot after that loss to LSU. But I think I think Auburn would probably end up in the, uh, the Citrus Bowl playing Northwestern and then that would uh, most. I think. I think Missouri is probably the most attractive um, candidate after that, just because of what they've done under Eli in that, in that first season. And I think number one, that's a great bull to be. And number two, I, I never thought of this, but I wonder if when players go there, Outback has to feed those guys, right? Oh yeah, it was one of the. It was the greatest post <laughs> New Year's Eve uh, hangover bowl because it kicked off about noon, but. At halftime, they'd bring you one of those blooming onions, and, and everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, I'm curious your thoughts. With Florida only dropping one spot and a loss at home against LSU, if Notre Dame would lose to Clemson, how could they drop out of the top four potentially this weekend? Could that possibly happen, or did they stay in the top four? No, I think I think Alabama and Notre Dame are secure regardless of, of what happens this weekend, um, you know, you've already got a, a win over then number one Clemson. The North Carolina win um, looks better and better after after North Carolina beat up Miami this weekend. But I, I think Notre Dame's safe for sure, and I think um, Alabama's safe. I think the, the big question would be is if Clemson loses again to Notre Dame, what happens to that fourth spot? You know, do they? I, I don't think they could still go with Clemson. Maybe they could and just and put it on Trevor Lawrence not being there in the regular season when they lost in overtime, um, you know, or did they go with Texas A&M or, or somebody else? Mark Slaybaugh of ESPN.com with us on 101 ESPN. You have a great piece up about the search for Auburn. I, I want to ask you, though, because you know that program and you obviously know the conference intimately. Is Auburn realistic about who they are? Um, 
No, <laughs> they're out. They're Alabama's stepbrother, I guess, is the the redheaded stepchild is, is the the best way to put it. I mean, it, it's it's a different place. Uh, always has been. They, you know, it's always compared itself to what's happening in Tuscaloosa, which I think is unfair to to whoever the coach there is. I mean, it, it's a great job. They've got mm-hmm. great facilities, they've got great financial resources. Uh, they're about an hour and a half from Atlanta. Um, so you have a, a very fertile recruiting base, and they've got great tradition, and they've won there under under uh, Gus Early and, and Gene Chizik took them to a national championship, and Pat Dye did good things there. But it's um, they've always had that redheaded stepchild mentality that, that they weren't you know they weren't as good as Alabama, and we're going to do whatever it takes to to get as good as Alabama, and that includes firing a pretty successful football coach paying $21 million to go away. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So who would uh, be the leading candidates right now for that job? Um, that's the, 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 uh, the strangest thing about Auburn is there are probably about 19 factions who have some say in it, and they've all want somebody different. Um, Alan Green, God bless him, he's probably the most powerless athletics director in the country because the boosters and others are the one running the show. But, um, you know, I, I think Hugh Freeze is in the mix. I think it would be a difficult hire because they've got some NCAA problems with basketball right now. They've got a, a level one case that they're waiting uh, to be adjudicated. I think it'd be pretty risky to bring in Hugh Freeze given his NCAA track record and the way his uh, tenure ended at Ole Miss. Uh, Mario Cristobal. Cristobal says he's out of it. I, I think it's it's too early to say he's out of it. He does have an eight million dollar buyout at Oregon that I think drops to five after January fifteenth. Um, you know, still a pretty sizable payment, especially since it's going to cost you about thirty million dollars to get rid of Miles on and his staff. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, the Alabama offensive coordinator, I think would be in the mix. Um, who am I missing? You, you had Lane, Lane Kiffin. Would Lane Kiffin go one and done with another one and done with another SEC school? He's done one and done before, going from Tennessee to USC. I mm-hmm. think it's a little bit different, but I, I do think Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss, just because of, of resources and the the other things I've talked about earlier. But um, I think I think Lane would listen for sure, and I think I think personally Lane would be a really good fit there because. He's not afraid of Nick Saban. He loves needling Saban on a daily basis. Uh, he runs an offense that Saban has had problems with, and we saw that earlier this season when they put up 600-something yards in a, in a 63-48 loss. Um, I don't, you know, I, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if Auburn wanted Lane Kiffin, he would take it. Um, you know, he'd, he'd be in the same boat then with Ole Miss fans as, as Tommy Tuberville, who said – They'd have to drag him out of there in a pine box before he takes the Auburn job. <laughs> I'm curious too, Mark. Um, back to Missouri just for a moment. Your perspective, a national perspective of Eli Drinkwitz and the job that that he's done at, at Missouri. What what's the national perspective on the job that he's done in terms of wins and losses, and also in recruiting in the SEC? How he's done? It's I, I, it's, it's early on the recruiting. I, the the question with Eli was it was just a short track record at App State. We really didn't know, you know, how good he was and, and how much of it was what he inherited from Scott Satterfield. He did a great job at App State, and you know he, he's done a fantastic job at Missouri, five and four. Um, you know, hadn't beaten 
anybody a real consequence. You know, an early win over LSU, which ended up being a pretty bad LSU team. Kentucky, South Carolina, Vandy, Arkansas, Georgia kind of had their way with them. But, you know, Georgia's much better on both lines of scrimmage. And, and I think Eli knows that that's where they're going to have to get better. The defensive coordinator has done a fantastic job. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think, you know, it's it's isolated from the rest of the league, which is, you know, creates some obstacles in terms of recruiting players from the deep south, which is what you got to have if you're going to compete in that league. But I certainly think the early results, I think he would probably be SEC coach of the year in my on my ballot at this point. Um, I think he's done a great job. I think Sam Pittman, even though they've kind of fallen off at the end, did a great job at Arkansas as well. A couple more things for Mark Schlebaugh of ESPN.com, kind enough to join us on 101 ESPN. Mark, earlier this season, Nick Saban said, good defense doesn't beat good offense anymore. Is that a, a train that is so far down the tracks that the good offense is where it's at, that it won't return? We, will we see great defense in football anymore? Yeah, I mean, it, it tends to be cyclical. Um, you know, in, when Saban was establishing his program early on and dominating everybody, he was doing it with great defenses and great defensive linemen and depth on the defensive line that, that no one else had. And, and Kirby Smart tried to duplicate that at Georgia. Um, LSU, when, when they were really good, had guys like Marcus Spears and Booger McFarlane on the defensive line. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, I don't know how long it was, what, five, six years ago, Saban was saying, is this really what we want football to be? Mm-hmm. And then now he's he's running tempo and spreading things out as much as anybody in the country. And, you know, I, I do think the, the wide-open offenses and downfield passing game, I, I think you got to have it to compete with. Well, you, know, you saw that with Georgia this year. They tried to go with a game manager at quarterback and, and didn't have much success against Florida and Alabama. Now JT Daniels is in, in there, and they've opened things up, and, and seem to be a much more competitive football team. It is pretty amazing that and Alabama might be the only school that could lose a Jill and Waddle and have a Devontae Smith and still score as many points as they've scored this year. Oh, it's um, I mean, you just plug in Mechie and Najee Harris is so great coming out of the backfield. And, you know, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask have had fantastic seasons. I would probably put Jones ahead of Trask just because of what happened last week. But, um, I'm, I'm not sure Devontae Smith's not the best player in the country. I had him number one on my ESPN Heisman ballot this week for the first time. I mean, he is just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. In terms of how many bowls will actually get played, how many do you, do you think will get played or, or canceled as we get uh, closer towards bowl season? Yeah, my hope is we've seen the majority of them. I mean, the ones in the, on the West Coast were – we're in danger to begin with. Uh, we saw the L.A. Bowl pull the plug last week. Um, you know, the ones in the big cities, Pinstripe Bowl, Motor City Bowl, we knew those could be in jeopardy. But it looks like, for the most part, other than maybe the Rose Bowl, I think everybody else seems pretty intent on playing. And, you know, the season, the regular season has stretched so far that, you know, the bowl games are right around the corner, even the major ones, just a couple of weeks down the road. So I think it would be pretty late to pull a plug. The question is how many of these schools that are, you know, would be invited to play are going to opt out. I think there's still a chance Virginia tech doesn't play. So I think you're going to have six out of the 15 in the ACC, uh, go to bowl games. I know Virginia's already opted out and there's some others, Boston college Pitt, that aren't going to play, but you know, in the SEC, 
when LSU self-imposed a bowl ban this past week, that basically put Vanderbilt in a bowl game. I mean, Vanderbilt, wow. which is 0-9, winless for the first time in school history, could end up going to a bowl game. I think you're going to have thir- uh, 14 out of the 16 teams, 13 out of the 14 teams in the SEC going to bowl games this year. Wow. Less- if, Vandy pl- if Vandy plays. Yeah. Right. Last thing, Mark, I'm going to put you in charge. You are the Final Four committee. Do you put Ohio State in that Final Four despite the fact that they've only played five games right now and will play six? Uh, if they beat Northwestern this weekend, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're one of the four best teams in the country. Um, you know, I don't think it's fair that Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson are going to end up playing twice as many games, but that's not Ohio State's fault. And you know, Ohio State didn't look great against Indiana, uh, giving up 35 points. But I think Indiana's a really good football team. Um, you know, I think in terms of matchups, if I can get the ACC champion Clemson or Notre Dame against Ohio State in the semifinal game, and the you know Alabama and the ACC loser in the other one, you know, I, I think those are two pretty competitive games. I'm with you, Mark. Thanks so much for the time. Good to hear your voice. Have a great holiday season, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to talk again soon. Yep. Happy holidays, you guys. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Mark. Mark Slaybaugh of ESPN.com on 101 ESPN. I guess Ohio State's got to get in. Can't fault them for what the conference is doing. They are one of the top four teams. And none of the games that were canceled that they were supposed to play were COVID problems within their program. Correct. There, There was literally nothing that they could do. And let's be honest about it. College football and the Big Ten they played, the Big Ten played so that Ohio State could be in the Final Four. So who's your Heisman? I'm think, and I have to make this decision by Monday, but I'm kind of with Mark there. I, I, I've gone towards Devontae Smith because he has taken over as the best receiver for the best receiver. Jalen Waddle was supposed to be that guy, and Mac Jones is good, but Mac Jones is not great. To do what he's doing, to dominate the way that he's dominating from his position is really difficult to do, and I don't think any of the quarterbacks – to me, rise to the level of being the best player ahead of Devontae Smith. How about the young man feeding him the ball? Uh, Mac Jones? Yes, sir. Yeah, Mac Jones has had a great year. I like Mac Jones. Yeah, I, I think he's really good. But And you know what? You could go with Harris, too. You could go with Najee Harris, who's had a- I, I agree, but I'm going <laughs> I mean, Mac Jones. You've got three guys in Alabama that we're talking about being possible I know. Heisman winners. I know. It's Phenomenal. incredible. But I, I think I right now, as I sit here, pending the championship games I'm going to go with Devontae and it's you know what if uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't get COVID Trevor Lawrence is probably a runaway winner absolutely I went to the bowl game last year between Alabama and Michigan I was in the, uh, mm-hmm. the stands I went and watched and being there in person and seeing the talent between the two schools oh, yeah. it was eye-popping eye-popping, Randy, to see Alabama play in person and to see the speed of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the game, they were they were now with the second-team guys, and the second-team guys were flying around the field. Some of the guys we're talking about right now, because I, I watch Alabama football a lot, right. and these kids were unbelievable. There was no yeah. difference. There was no drop-off. Well, it was incredible. Think about this. You replaced Jerry Judy and Henry Jerry Ruggs. Judy was ridiculous yeah. that game. You replaced those two with Waddle and Smith yes. this year. And Jerry That's Judy goes to Denver. Yeah. Wait, what would put, he was a top twenty pick in the NFL draft? Yeah. What was he, twelfth or something like that? Right. Or whatever. And Ruggs he was. was top ten. Right. It was incredible. Yeah. I, I, when Patrick and I went to Mizzou, Alabama last year, maybe it was two years ago. Whenever they played at Alabama, and 
first play of the game from uh, so Mizzou kicks touchback. Alabama starts at their own twenty five, and I said they're going to go long to Judy here, and he's yeah. going to score a touchdown, seventy five yard touchdown, bing Boom. right off the bat, first play of the game, unbelievable. The yeah. speed on the field of Alabama is just incredible, crazy. Yep. Coming up on one hundred and one ESPN, fight. the fight. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, Dan. You have a new uh, you have a new challenger. Did I get beat yesterday? No, you got beat two days ago. You came back. Uh, oh, okay. You went four for four yesterday. Okay. And then we had a tiebreaker. <sighs> Remember, we had a hundred million dollar contract. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Dan spoiled it, and I had to come up with a new one. Tanner was really upset because there was eighty one one hundred million dollar oh. contracts, and he took five hours to research it. <laughs> the fight is next on one hundred and one ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.